We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper. AKA Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me there on Twitter. And it's Monday. So you know what we do on Mondays. It's Mondays with McCool, James McCool from Pay Dirt DFS, the co author with me on the theory of daily fantasy sports. It's a 15 hour audio DFS masterclass that you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. We're going to review yesterday's NFL slate. If you got any questions, if you got any comments, feel free to throw them in the YouTube chat. Give me those thummy thumbs. I'm going to wave my thumb and thumb at you until I get the thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. I see Anthony Golden, Colin Lawson, Real Life Pitcher, DJ Cicero, Frederick Dude, Suki Singh, Heat Nation, Hog Lawrence, Shane Newman, Raul Coley. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, James. Uh, I, 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 I had a, I had a profitable day yesterday. I, I would call it good. I got, uh, uh, I early, the early only didn't lost a little bit in cash, uh, main slates, both sides, DK, I crushed in cash, uh, other, other than, other than to one V one versus shit, my money, uh, which we didn't play ahead to head. So it did, didn't matter. Uh, FanDuel, uh, the last the, basically the last five minutes of the slate saved me on FanDuel because uh, I played Robert Woods on FanDuel and I played Debo Samuel. There you go. So that I need I needed those last two touchdowns <laughs> to to get over the line because uh, when Tyreek Hill is forty one percent owned in your in, in your fifty fifties and you don't have him at uh, fifty points. Uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be in trouble, right? You're gonna be kind of and Kel, and you have Kelsey with four points. Uh, yeah, you're gonna be in a little trouble, but but I was able to get over the line, so it's like I lucked out, I guess, a little bit. Uh, but but how how was how was your how was your Sunday? Uh, it was okay. I cashed one of my three. Um, 
and I got, I mean, it, I just squeaked over. Like it was, uh, I, I still had... don't see you play three lineups. That's it. No. Yeah. Just three lineups. I'm showing my screen now. We don't have results. DB results. DB is down temporarily. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I can't look at it, but, uh, I have my, I, I still, I left my lineup HQ up for my, my 200 lineup build. Yeah. So that, that's, that's why I've just like, you know, Oh, you played three lineups. I can't yeah. build nine single entry three max lineups mm-hmm. but the, the main was you know the slant the play action a whole bunch of you know the the flea flicker five dollar one i had a bunch of entries in so i had 200 lineups uh, yeah so, yeah you have a little yeah, bit more you, you have lineup. to really condense it down to like three like yeah. uh, one of three lineups it's like damn i there, there was like 15 running backs i was playing how do i yeah just yeah play? yeah running back and running back was hard um I had three lineups. I barely squeaked over the line. I think I cashed by like one point maybe because of the last Cortland Sutton catch with like 35 seconds left. And that, that was what got me over on one of them. Um, I focused a lot. I really, really liked Daryl Henderson. He ended up coming up just short. If they weren't getting blown out so bad, he would have had a great game. Finished like 16 fantasy points or something like that with 92 rushing yards and no touchdowns. So if he gets there on one touchdown with eight more yards, he crushes. Um, I faded Derrick Henry, which of course sucked. But uh, yeah, but I mean, you didn't is. need him. I mean, there were no there you were running backs that got that got. No. I mean, he had what twenty five points. I mean, yeah, there I plenty mean, other running backs for cheaper that got twenty five points. It's one of those things where like I'm I'm fine with the fade. It sucks that he got there, um, but at the price, like you're right, you didn't need him. Cordell Patterson outscored him. Dave Montgomery was fine. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I think almost tied his score. Like th- there were plenty of running backs that did well. Um, and that was kind of the thing this week was there were a lot of running backs that were entirely viable across the entire slate. I mean, basically from like, if you consider Cordero Patterson firmly in play, which I think that he was, you had running backs from like the 4,700 range all the way up to, if you wanted to play Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook, or Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara, had 120 rushing yards, zero receptions, no touchdowns, finished with no targets. He, he wasn't even targeted. That is asinine. I use I used Alvin Kamara in one of my lineups uh, as a pivot off of Derrick Henry, so like leverage him. And I'm like, oh yeah, cool, 120 rushing yards, but like literally nothing else. Uh, it's pretty crazy. So I had uh, I had about a negative 40 percent week, but whatever, man. I I think catching that one lineup. If I can catch one of my three lineups, I'm usually pretty happy with that, with the way that I play. So um, I had a Washington stack, I had a New York Giants stack, and I had a uh, Arizona stack with some who, secondaries. Who'd you, who'd you play? Like, obviously, the Washington stack is most likely McC- either, you're playing McLaurin plus either Logan Thomas or Curtis Samuel. Yeah, yeah, it but was. But who did you uh, play for, for the Arizona and the like the Giants? Yeah, the Giants. I mean, we do just Galladay Engram. Uh, yeah, just Galladay Engram. So my Giants stack was Daniel Jones, Galladay Engram, bringing it back with Alvin Kamara. So that was my leverage there. Um, and then with my Washington stack, it was Nikki with Taylor McLaurin and Logan Thomas, and then I brought it back to Calvin Ridley. Which, uh, and then with the Arizona stack, I went with Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk, AJ Green, and brought it back with Robert Woods. So like they were, they were good stacks. I was fine with the stacks. I'm at, I'm pretty high on Tyler Heineke and he projected really, really well for me. So I wanted to have that Washington stack. I would have had a Kansas city stack instead of Arizona, but 
when Lane Johnson was ruled out, I'm already so low on Philadelphia that I didn't think they were going to put up a fight. So I thought that was going to be more of a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire spot. Kansas City has not been as pass-heavy this year as they have been in years past. So I thought that I was okay with fading that. Obviously, Tyreek Hill crushed, but the way that I would have built it would have been Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey anyway. So like, with the amount of money that I was spending there, I wasn't going to be taking down tournaments with the way that I would have built anyway. So I don't feel that I missed out on that. Uh, the only stack that I probably would have wanted to have instead of like maybe the giant sack would have been a Dallas stack. Um, bring it back like DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson or something like that. But I, I feel pretty good about my stacks. I had a lot of Daryl Henderson. I had uh, Alvin Kamara. I was going to go with Cordero Patterson, but I ended up not doing it because I hate myself. Um, but I, I was fine with the, with the way that I put things together. And I had a lot of Green Bay Packers defense because I just think the Steelers are broken. So it, it, I'm happy with the way the week turned out um with those exposures like if Tyreek Hill at high ownership doesn't crush if Derrick Henry at high ownership doesn't crush like it felt like a lot of the chalk did well, really, really well Hill wasn't that owned I think it was eight to ten percent owned oh I thought he was higher no no I he was higher but I mean not on DraftKings yeah I, I know DJ Moore at 21 percent owned getting there is like that sucks Derrick Henry getting there that sucks but um I liked where I was sitting I liked the exposures that I had I liked the leverage that I had just didn't play out this week if you take a look, I have my, my lineup HQ up. 21 running backs in my in my player pools, mm-hmm. right? And the highest being only 20%. So Montgomery, Hubbard, Gibson, Sermon, Harris, C.H., Swift, Zeke, Gaskin, who apparently they just, just kicked him to the curb. Like they just yeah. said, we, we don't care about you anymore. Uh, I mean, I had some Mike Davis. I mean, yeah, I had Cordell Patterson in four out of 200 lineups. Right. So like that, that's, that's not going to get me there. And if you take a look at just like the stacks that I played, like my top, my top ones were Buffalo, Josh Allen, Washington, Carolina playing it more from the Darnold side than the Prescott side. I also had Matt Stafford. I mean, I had all the high total games. I mean, essentially like the problem with the Kyler Murray stuff was that, that, it was just cost, cost prohibitive for, for, you know, pairing him with some, I primarily paired Kyler Murray with AJ green, mm-hmm. eight, like an AJ green, Max Williams type of two, a uh, three man, or just AJ green by himself. And then having copper woods on the way back or Higby or something on the way back. Uh, just like with Patrick Mahomes, I'd mostly Mahomes Kelsey, but I did have some Mahomes Hill. And I had Hardman thrown in there somewhere. But I also attacked the, the Falcons. I my my top exposure uh, on the entire slate was the Washington Atlanta game and the Carolina Dallas game. Carolina Dallas game projected the best. It also it, it was the chalkiest, but not not prohibitively too chalky. Right. So I just I didn't with all the running backs that are available that project within like two points of each other, and none of them being like overly owned outside of Henry, but he's not even in that price range. I'm talking about in like that 5k, 6k price range. Yeah. Like I just found that I was building like originally you would think it's like, okay, the Dallas Carolina game is going to be the the highest owned stack out of the bunch, but not like so much higher. So maybe you play, you, you go under on them, but they all projected well. Yeah. So I was building lineups where like, I'm, I could lose ownership just, okay. I don't play Henry in this lineup. I don't play the Lions defense. 
right? And I don't play some chalk one. I don't play the, that Westbrook Akine or something like that. And these lineups were coming in similarly projected with like 30 percentage points of ownership less as long as I switched up my running back. So I'm like, why, why am I fighting this? Why, why, why aren't I just building, you know, when, when DJ Moore projects so well, when the, the Dallas wide receivers project well, Schultz projects well, even Robbie Anderson and Terrence Marshall weren't bad. The running backs projected well. I mean, just like, why not? Can I, can I find a way to get my ownership down? So if we take a look at my, my top, let's say Dak line, because he was more owned than Darnold. Like my ta- top Dak lineup, uh, from a projection standpoint, at least, was Dak with Cooper, single stack with uh, DJ Moore as the run back. Then I had Debo Samuel as a one. If we take a look, uh, I had Gibson and Pitts as a secondary correlation. Debo Samuel as a one-off. And then I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Michael Carter, right, in the in the running back spot. I got a 140 projection and 92% ownership. Like what, like I go to the next one, I go to some of these, I get, uh, you know, Mike Dave, Dak Prescott with CeeDee Lamb and Tommy Tremble. This, this is a weird lineup, but still 139.8. Like here's one, here's one that doesn't sound like weird. Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper single, DJ Moore run back. Then I have Logan Thomas, Calvin Ridley, secondary correlation. Then I have Daryl Anderson, David Montgomery, AJ Green. Yeah, that's a good one. Right, and Colts defense. I mean, like we see here, David Montgomery. We have high on like Montgomery, Moore, Cooper, Ridley. We're all double digit owned, but this lineup comes in, you know, ninety four percent total ownership. I mean, like the like some of these lineups. Look, look at this: uh, Dak, Dak, CD, Schultz, with Robbie Anderson as the run back. Then I have Mike Davis and Terry McLaurin across from each other. And then I have uh, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as the second running back and Devontae Adams in the flex with the Cardinals defense. Yeah, and all of this. These lineups, I mean, they they don't look nutso, but you you can make all these lineups. If I shove in uh, David Montgomery into this lineup, for instance, and and I drown the, go down from the Cardinals, like in order to get up from like CEH to David Montgomery, that's 500, four, 500 bucks. I add another nine percentage points of ownership. And then I go from the Cardinals down to the Lions, and I add another nine. That's eight. So like, like that's up now I'm up to 110 in ownership. It's like, dude, I could just like, uh, how much projection difference is this going to be between the Cardinals and the Lions? I mean, the Cardinals project better because obviously they're, they're higher priced, Yeah. but I, I, w- I would have been giving up. I mean, what? A point or two? I mean, like, how much am I giving up? David Montgomery was rejected for 17.18, 17.84. Mike Davis, for instance, all that we have to do CEH. CEH was projected about three points lower. And then you get the point back from the Lions, so that's two points. So a two-point difference in projection. And I dropped 30, like, what, 20 percentage points in ownership? Yeah. And I already have a correlated lineup and they're already fairly, fairly projected place. So, I mean, to me, I wasn't avoiding this, this Cowboys Panthers game, no matter if, you know, they were quote chalky because you can make tons of combinations. Look, here's one with the Saquon Barkley and Mike Davis, Tyler Lockett across from George Kittle. 139 
projection, 89 percentage points owned. I mean, like, it just seems like it seemed like I can I can make an infinite amount of lineups in that range. And the better projected ones were the ones with the, the Carolina uh Cowboy, the, the Panthers Cowboys game. So I just I didn't I didn't bother. Like these Josh Allen ones, the Josh Allen ones actually projected lower. But Allen's right. ceiling so is just expensive. ridiculous. Yeah. And that's why I, I threw in like a Jordan Aikens came up as a, as like a like a run back. Like, does this lineup sound all that bad? Uh Josh Allen with Emmanuel Sanders and Stefan Diggs, Jordan Aikens, because who cares? It's a tight end position, it's a cheap tight end. I don't have to worry about Brandon Cooks, even though I do ha- did have him in a bunch of lineups. Then I have DJ Moore and Amari Cooper in this lineup. And my running backs are Trey Sermon and Antonio Gibson with the Colts defense. Like that, I'm playing high projected players, right? I mean, like, like other than Jordan Aikens, you know, most people are playing Engram or Disley down in that range. Yeah. Like this lineup is not like Antonio Gibson was owned. Trey Sermon was owned, especially with Eli Mitchell out. Yeah. 93 percentage points on ownership and 138 projection. It's like, keep it simple, stupid. Go to the high total games, the high total teams, and just play them. Back Patrick Mahomes. What was my top Patrick Mahomes line? Okay. Here, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, right. Here's 87 percentage points owned. It actually projected lower than the Allen lineups and the, Des- the Prescott lineups. Mahomes with Hardman and Kelsey. Devonta Smith is the run back. Then I have uh, Mike Davis and Curtis Samuel across from each other. And then I have David, uh, David Montgomery one-off, DJ Moore one-off, and the Dolphins defense. Like, that doesn't sound it, – it sounds like, oh, you, you're, that, that sounds a little, little too chalky. It's, it isn't. It isn't at all. I mean, it's like, like, dude, Curtis Samuel was like – I had him projected at eight, McCall Hardman at four, Devonta Smith at two. Mm-hmm. Like – why aren't I playing David Montgomery in that type of line? He's the best projected running back. Just jam him in. G.J. Moore, the best projected wide receiver. Just jam him in. I mean, this is why I'm getting those types of lines. So, I mean, if you just look through, if you just look through my, my exposures and look through the types of lineups that we're building, like, that's, that's really what it came down to. Like, why am I playing Daniel Jones? Why am I, you know, I played one Teddy Bridgewater lineup, right? I played, I played four Jimmy Garoppolo lines. I played four Justin Fields type. I add, I actually added Fields, Garoppolo, and Bridgewater, like at the very end, because like I was, I was playing like Mooney enough. I was playing enough of the receivers where it's like, like yeah, I guess I could do field singles. Let's see, let's see how they turn out. And they actually projected decently enough. Yeah. And the same for Jimmy G, like Jimmy G, Debo, uh, plus uh, like Metcalf. It's like. Jimmy G, I mean, Jimmy, what happened? I'm playing more Russ, but I'm like, what happens if Jimmy G gets, no one believes in him. And of yeah. course, no, and not even the organization doesn't. So he comes out in the second half. Uh, and the same thing for Bridgewater. It's like, they, they the Broncos have actually been passing more than people think. It's like uh, a Sutton Fant type of style. Oh, okay, throw, throw one in. How, did that, how does that project? It doesn't project that badly as long as you jam in everything around it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I throw it in. But my number, my number ones were, were, were Allen, I mean, but not by so much. I mean, at what, 13? I Out of 200 lineups, I had 13% bill stacks. Like, I'm not going all, I mean, like, I, I re- I'm I, not going all in on stuff. Like, yes, when I build my single entry three max, like, 
I'm I'm more likely to like I don't I think I only had one out of the nine that had Henry in it. Mm-hmm. Like I was playing primarily two 5K level running backs. But I mean, but I even then I spread it out. I played, I I looked at my I my little cheat sheet as I hand built uh or select lineups or whatever. I played one KC, one Buffalo, one Rams, one Seattle, two Carolina, one Washington, one Minnesota, and one Atlanta as the stack. Now, because I was primarily playing, if I was going to play the Dallas Carolina game in uh in, in single entry three max, I was going to do it from the Darnold side. Yeah. Right. But that all makes sense, right? I mean, it's it almost seems like your lineups were were even more were I typically am play contrarian, but your lineups were almost more way more contrarian than mine. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think so when I was building things out, I the Carolina Dallas game obviously projected well. Uh I didn't fade it because of ownership. I faded it because I thought that it was going to be like I, I liked the under on that game. It projected well, but I like it projected well. Who cares what you think? It projected well. Sure, I hear you. In your in so in 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 the blitz, it projected well, and everywhere around the industry. In your now, obviously, you do your own. Like if you just yeah. told me, my 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 projection had it had it significantly lower than around. Still good, but not as high as everywhere else. At least and that's, that's exactly what it was. Okay, okay. That's then exactly then I then then at least I could get that. But don't give me the. I, I want the under, even though it's like, even though DJ Moore projects for a million points, I'm going to say, I'm going to just override my entire system. And no, just like no, no, say no. It's, he doesn't. no, no, no. So I, I had Dallas. I had as the eighth highest projected stack overall, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. Carolina was significantly lower because my models are not really sold on Darnold and this Panthers offense being high powered. Um, I mean, now maybe it will be after what just happened, but you know, after three weeks, like they, they haven't been a team that has really been a team that I have wanted to stack. Uh, Sam Donald is rushing in everything. DJ Moore is getting everything. And then so just play those two. There you're done. You're done. If you just use those two. Yes, sure. But I didn't want to do that. So I, when I went through all my projections, Washington was a team that stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, Heineke, I had projected as the fourth highest overall projection at quarterback behind Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. I had well, let me take a look at now. Come on, yeah, he wasn't that high. I mean, he was high. I mean, he was high. I mean, I had him in my aggregate. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I had him eighth. Eighth. Okay, so you probably but not had... far, but not that far behind, like Russell. Like he he projected for like uh, right here a point oh six behind Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson is 7,100. And he only projected about a little over a point uh, lower than Stafford. And Stafford is 7,000. So, like, Heineke for the price. Yeah, he was very was, obviously was the best underpriced. Point for dollar quarterback, yes. Yeah, super obviously underpriced. And I had noticed that his, his rushing output is just ridiculous right now. I, I mean, and the, the correlation between him and Gibson, by the way. Gibson, is it's like a one-to-one, just like they are going to intersect. Um the more that he has been running, the significantly less that Gibson, that Gibson has been running. But I digress. Uh, I really, really liked Washington. And then I was building out the, the stacks that I really, really had considered were Kansas City, Washington, Rams, Cowboys, Baltimore, Arizona, Buffalo. I pretty much had like those seven teams that I really liked. And that's not hard to figure out because they're all the high total games. I mean, like you said, that there was no reason. And I even wrote it in my write-up like, 
why would you even consider stacking the Colts in Miami? Like, why, why would you – you have all these high total games. You have, like, six games with a total over 51. Why are you even considering stacking that game down there? Why are you even considering stacking, like, the Bears and the – whoever the hell the Bears faced? I don't even remember. Um, the Lions. The li- yeah, like, why, why even – with you, with 200 lineups, you had, what, you forced in a fields lineup? Yeah, I, I right. And after run, after running a fields lineup to, to even see – only because I was already playing lineups in the range of that Fields lineup. I'm like, let me see. Does Fields project well enough? Does Fields Mooney's type of thing project well that it that it equals one of the lineups that I currently have? And I, and I saw the answer was yes. So I'm like, do I right. want diversification or not? Like, I didn't have to play him. I could have just played more of whatever lineups I had. But it's like, I'll let, I'll 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 go in. I'll I'll I think I, I set him for like just give me one to two percent to see what, if, if anything comes up, right? Like, what, what did I put in? One to 2%. And it gave me 2%. Like, like Teddy Bridgewater, it I had to put in the one in order to get any of him, right? But even like Rodgers and Murray lineups, like I had to force, if I if I didn't put, put 2% here, I wouldn't have gotten any. But that was the main reason. Like, Fields and Garoppolo were just last minute. Uh, can I make a Jimmy G lineup that projects and is owned at the same range that of lineups that I already have. And I could just cut down on the, the, the extra, you know, that the four lineups for Garoppolo and the four lineups for fields, that's eight lineups. That's like, that's the 28th Josh Allen lineup that I'm getting rid of like the 27th, yeah. like I'm getting rid of those types of lineups and just getting more diversification that way. But it wouldn't have mattered either way, but I had to check to see whether or not these lineups were in the same range. I mean, if right. we take a look, yeah, about 70, yeah, 132, 70 range. Yeah, as long as it got down to there. Right, and I still had decent luck. Like I had Tyreek Hill in this lineup. But Justin Fields, Allen Robinson, Cole Komet uh, with a De- DeAndre Swift run back. Yeah. Uh, Terry McLaurin and Calvin Ridley across from each other. Tyreek Hill is a one-off. Michael Carter in the, the other running back slot in the Packers defense. Yeah. Not, not and, a nutso lineup, even though the stack obviously didn't get there. But like you with 200 lineups, you can build that. Like but this is can, not a lineup. This is not a lineup I would play. I would play in, in, no, in a small in a smaller not. field. This is not not even a power sweep lineup. This this is this is purely a large field. Right. This this field. is a less than one percent thing that you put into your portfolio because it's just like all right, lotto tickets. Screw it. It gives me a lot of money to play around with the rest. Right. Um, I actually made a mistake in going with the Giants. I kind of like fell in love with it when I was writing because of the usage that Galladay should have had. And with Alvin Kamara being a direct pivot off Derrick Henry, I liked the lineup, but it was a mistake to play it because I know that as I was going through the totals, as I was going through my research, I'm like, why do I even need to consider any of these lineups that have under a 45 total? And then I end up with a giant stack, which was under a 45 total. And like, I know that, that new Orleans is a team that wants to run right now. Even though uh, Daniel Jones has a lot of upside with his legs, and even though Kenny Galladay should have had a lot of work, I played Evan Ingram against my better judgment because I it just fit right, and that's a, yeah, but that's you a lesson. Really punished at tight end anyway, so whatever. No, no, no. no. But I, it's still I can't blame you for tight end choices that you pair him with your quarterback. But the lesson that I'm trying to, to teach here is don't play somebody just because it fits. 
Like Ned, like always have a reason for why you're doing something. For me, I never want to like, especially because I have limited lineups. For you, if you're playing something because it fits, like if you're playing Jordan Aikens because it fits out of your 200 lineups, like that's one thing. For me, with one of my three power sweep lineups, like doing that is a bad decision in my opinion. Would you agree with that? Well, I mean, you're either playing so you're either playing someone for one of three reasons, right? It's those it's the levers. You're playing someone in a spot because he has the highest projection or he doesn't have the highest projection, but he gives you a boost past that because of leverage, because of the lower ownership or three, he's not the highest projected, but he, he boosts you up past the higher projected player because of correlation. So it's one of those three. If you're just playing just the, uh, I like the name. I mean, like, like if you like your one, if you have a one-off spot, if you're hand building that way, which I don't, I I just pick lineups. Right. Uh, if you're hand building that way, and you have the I've I've I have sixty five hundred in the flex, and who do I, who do I play? Like just play the highest rejected guy, right? Well, the highest rejected guy is going against the defense that I have. Well, that may may not even matter either. Uh, then play the guy that's most correlated. Yeah. Play the guy that's that's at that price range that is lower owned than the $6,500 guy. I mean, it's one of those things. And most likely, once you're getting down to that that position, you're playing the highest projected. Typically, you've built in a way where you've gotten enough leverage for the contest that most likely that spot is just going to be, look at the projections and whoever has the highest number, plug them in there. Right? That, that I mean, that's essentially, if you defaulted to that at the end, that wouldn't be that I, I would consider that that would be more likely to be correct. If you default to that in the beginning, then you end up building a cash lineup, right? Right. Right. If you're building, it's like, okay, I'm going to build, uh, I'm going to play uh, Henry Montgomery, uh, Westbrook, uh, DJ Moore, and Devontae Adams. And then how do I get different? It's like, no, I think you screwed up at that point. Yeah, like, you already I, messed up. Right. Now, now you're going to be sacrificing so much in order to get different from uh, an obvious cash type lineup. Yeah. But if you're already going in with Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay, Right, Alvin oh, Kamara no. and Evan Ingram, like just basically pu- plug that into lineup HQ and press optimize, and there's your and that, well, and then I just line. surrounded with chalk. I surrounded it with David Montgomery. Uh, I think I had OBJ and Justin Jefferson in that lineup as a secondary correlation, and then uh, I don't know. I might I had another chalk piece as well. So like I, it wasn't like the week before. Remember where we were talking about how over leveraged I was because like. Why did I play literally an entire lineup one of like five percent owned players? And I was like, right. yeah, 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 I know, I messed up. Um, no, it wasn't that situation. I just think that I could have. I got off of the Kansas City lineup, and then I went with the New York Giants lineup, and just like I with three lineups, I should have had a Kansas City lineup, and I messed up on that. No, I, just, I don't think I don't think not having a Kansas City lineup. I just like what was the purpose of a Giants lineup? I didn't mind. Like if you played Kamara and Galladay as a secondary correlation, and you played a you know, you played Dak Prescott. I mean, you played you probably couldn't pay up for Mahomes in that type of lineup. But I mean, no, you, but I could have had a Panther stack. Right, you could. Right, exactly. You could have Darnold Moore Cooper in that lineup and been. Or fine. I, I could have, I could have used that with like a Baltimore stack because Marquise Brown. Oh, is really, why really Baltimore? Cheap. But that's another low total. I don't know. Oh why. yeah, but but Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown together. That's the stack that I play. I'm not playing like a full thing. And bring right. it back but with Corbin Sutton or bring it back to Noah They Fon. projected so poorly. That didn't project poorly for me. Well, Lamar for Jackson, Marquise Brown. My aggregate did. I, could, I couldn't jam in a Lamar Jackson. I got more Teddy Bridgewater than I got Lamar Jackson. 
which I think is silly. Lamar Jackson was like 3% owned. He has arguably the second highest ceiling in the NFL. Yeah, but not at his price. Everyone else projected better. Marquise Brown, barely. I mean, like I said, I go by projections and I couldn't build the lineups that I could build with Lamar Jackson and and Marquise Brown, even as a single stack or him and Andrews as a single stack, couldn't beat out hundreds of lineups that I could build with. You know, they would project for the same ownership and be six points less projected. So it's like, why am I, I I can't justify playing. I can't even justify playing them in 200 lineups. It's just like the Teddy Bridgewater lineups project better for the same ownership. So I, I, so based on mine, like I, like I said before with the, uh, with the Dallas Carolina, it's like you make your own projections. So like if, if you, based on your projections, your decisions make more sense, but I mean, you can't look at, at what I'm looking at and then go, Oh no, I'm going to play it down. Like me. Uh, I, what, what was your, what was your uh, projection on Odell Beckham Jr.? OBJ because was my ag, because my aggregate was, was low. I mean, I, I, it, he was someone that I heard on a lot of shows mm-hmm. You know, Landry's out, he's 5,800. It's, you know, a higher total game or whatever. Uh, and I know he was the Marquise Brown of the week. Yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't him. It was really his quarterback. Really, yeah, Baker it, was, it was Baker. He probably should have had 32 points. Uh, I People were playing him in cash games. And I'm not saying it was a bad cash play. He was, he was in that range, but there, he was nowhere near, like, projected well like i take if i didn't take a look I'm, i have it up here so i mean i'm using my aggregate so you can see where i i aggregate all the projections together i go to wide receiver and i and i take a look i go by rgb which is the salary adjusted value like i have to scroll down in order to see his name at 5800 like i haven't projected it like if i go by fantasy points only like obj i have at 14.44 at 5,800, which ain't that much better than Cortland Sutton's 14.2. I have Robert Woods projected 0.8 points higher than him at 5,300. So 500 less and almost a point higher. Looking at other people in this price range, Debo Samuel was 18.5. DJ Moore, 20. I mean, 5,800, I mean, looking at his range, I mean... Dude, he barely outprojected Allen Robinson or Juju or Cole Beasley or even Corey Davis. I mean, like, was it? I mean, even I'm I'm saying this to even to the places that had OBJ. I mean, like, I I get it, but like compared to Cooper, for instance, like Amari Cooper, I had as seventeen point three seven. Odell Beckham Jr., 14.44. So it's like three-point projection difference, and it's a $200 salary. So, like, if worst-case scenario, it meant you had to go from the Lions to the Jets at defense or something, mm-hmm. right? I'm talking about, like, in cash games type of thing. So I, I didn't – I thought maybe it was just me because it's like I'm – it's not like I'm making my own projections. I'm using industry projections from everywhere, and it's OBJ still doesn't – I mean – there was, there's no one outlier that bumped them up that much. Or there was one, one that wasn't like so low. So I, I wanted to ask you, like, was it, what, what made OBJ 
so much more of a own play than some of these other guys. And it was it some projection set I don't know about. Was it you? What did you agree? Do you agree that OBJ, while still being a fine play, like did he project? I mean, what was your tell me the difference between Cooper and OBJ in your project? Like what what median projection did you have those two at? Well, I had OBJ projected as second best wide receiver on the slate. Oh, so, so oh, in raw I, points? In raw points. Yeah. In raw points? And you said it yourself that if it weren't for Baker, he probably would have had a 30-plus fantasy. Yeah, but that's what should go into the projection, the quality of your quarterback. I understand that. But my projections do play off of the quarterback and off of the offense. So I don't I don't build out projections on – I mean, the only thing that I really care about for wide receivers when it comes to projections is their ADOT. Outside of that, a lot of it is owned to – I go top-down and I base um, teams' pass and rush splits – based off an adjusted script. And then I apply that against how many plays they're supposed to run based on their team total, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so then, let me repeat, like, hold on. I'm looking at this stuff. You said you had OVJ as the highest raw point, second, second. highest raw point wide receiver. So yeah. I'm assuming Adams was above. Yes. Okay. So Tyreek you had Hill was OBJ right there with him. Okay. So you're telling me that you had in your projections, OBJ, mm-hmm with a higher raw point projection, not point yeah. per dollar. Yeah. We could argue point per dollar at 5,800. Sure. Yeah. Raw point projection higher than Tyree Kill, higher than Cooper Cup, higher than Stefan Diggs, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, CeeDee Lamb, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson. Can I keep on going? Like, you can go. Yeah, you can keep going if you want. Well, yeah. You'll end up possible? with like a hundred different receivers below. How is it possible that you could have him that? I mean, what, what was his projection? 22 around there. Yeah. How could we be off by eight points? I, mean, I, I think, think it's that's more likely you're wrong. Sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, think I, that I, I'm at, and it's not like I'm arguing for my projection model. I'm no, taking, you're going the, against I'm, taking every, I'm taking everything. Right. You so know, you're, that you're my models eight are... points off of that. Then it has to be you. Sure. And you know that my models are always, I'm trying to take in info quicker than the rest of the industry. So I do things differently and that's okay. I don't mind having OBJ. uh, Yeah. I don't mind having OBJ that much higher just because of the ownership. I mean, I, if you would have told me that, that uh, you had OBJ projected for the same median projection as Amari Cooper at like 17 or so, Sure. I would have been then at least then for the point per dollar value. I've been okay. I understand. I understand why you could get into a lot of your lineups because Cooper sure. got into a lot of mine. So, if I, but you you tell me that you, that an optimizer would rather you're building lineups. It's like okay, I have Tyreek Hill for eight thousand here. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave twenty two hundred dollars on the table and put OBJ and this lineup is is actually better. No, of course like, not. I can't get to that point. Of course not, because when you have that $2,200, like you might as well go up to Tyreek Hill, who, like I said, projects the same as OBJ. Like, you know how optimizers work. It's still going to plug in Tyreek Hill, there. or it's going no, to find a way. The highest, the highest projected line of it. Or it's going to find a way down way from Tyreek Hill. 2200 a defense or something, right? Up to something I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just making a point. I get it, and I get your point. But OBJ had projected well. Now, to your point of the industry and why he was like an industry darling, even though he didn't project well as the aggregate across the industry, that's weird, right? Because like the industry is not using my projections. If the industry is using my projection, it makes sense as to why everybody was talking about OBJ. People go by short-term trends. They're probably doing the same thing as why 
oh, let's see what happened last week and let's let's overlay it over onto this week. Right. And and what I'm not saying he was a bad I'm not saying he was bad. No. I'm just saying I don't understand I don't understand why OBJ got more owned than Cooper. I mean, just like I don't I don't understand. Well, I, the like, answer is of course short-term trends. Of course. Okay. And also, also, it should be said that Minnesota has had one of the worst explosive pass defenses in the league by a lot. So, that, like, there's reasons why people would be playing OBJ and talking up OBJ and looking at him over somebody like Cooper Cup, or, I mean, not Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper against what has effectively been the best defense in the league. You and I know that I don't care about defense, but speaking to the rest of the industry, talking about why OBJ would be, like, a popular play and be a good option in GPPs, even if the projection is not there, people love OBJ for his upside and for the uh, deep ball plays and the deep posts. And like, he's, it's I, I get it. I, I'm not, I, right, I just want to make it clear. Like I'm, if you played Odell Beckham Jr. in cash. Oh, that's it. I mean, as well as GPP, like I, I, no, I, I had absolutely no problem with it. I just, I, I, I didn't look at it like in my cash lineup. I have my cash lineup up here, which is the, which is the de facto, you know, kind of play the best plays, jam them all in. Yeah, the I collusion lineup. lineup. Right, the collusion lineup in yeah. some in some regard, like to me, I plugged it. To me, uh, Henry Montgomery, uh, Adams, and DJ Moore, like, like there's, there's there's no lineup that I'm playing in cash games that doesn't have those those players. So I'm just like whether or not I have to play Westbrook. I was considering Samuel or Westbrook. Good thing the DFS gods took care of that for me and made them both score five point nine points, so it didn't didn't hurt my decision. Uh, but like once you stuck that once those four guys with Montgomery, Henry, Moore, and Adams, like if you played OBJ over Cooper, like I don't, I don't think I don't. To me, you didn't make a mistake or anything. That perfectly viable. But anyone uh, to me, it's the oh OBJ is one of the, the first guy in my lineup. Like if those four guys to me were the first guys in my lineup, and then then everything else was like up for grabs, and OBJ was part of that up for grabs. I just don't think OBJ was part of the, well, obviously I plugged in OBJ with all these, you know, no, I like, there's so many other guys in that range that, that actually projected better. Just like a tight end. If you play, oh, I play, you played Engram or Dis any pun tight end, no, no matter who you play. As long if you weren't playing Kelsey, right? Like just whoever that, oh, we'll Disley. Well, it's like, how many points? No one did well at tight end. So what does it matter? Or like if you if you like oh I didn't want to play Westbrook Akine so I didn't play Henry so you played the three running back you played like Sermon you played something like that such so, so you didn't have to play and then you then you have OBJ in that spot I think that's 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 a fine cash construction also so I'm not just I just want to make it clear it's like I'm not I'm not questioning like we're questioning the difference of like if there if there was a list of of plays quote unquote of one to a hundred. We're, we're questioning why was this guy sixth and then not ninth, right? Like we're not, we're not even talking about like, no, why was he sixth and he should have been 28th or 74th. It's like, no, right. We're, we're kind of like, we're still in the top 10 of it's almost semantics at that point. Right. Okay. Going through the YouTube chat. Uh, let's see, go all the way back to the beginning. Uh, how do I get into a secret chat where we all agree about who to play? <laughs> uh why did i play dak over hertz and cash because dak was going to be higher uh and also i originally had engram and samuel in my lineup uh for cash and cash yeah 
Okay. Well, because Engram, Engram over Diz, that's $400 difference. And then you get the $200 down from Westbrook Akine to Samuel. My concern with, with that was two things. Well, it's a strategic, it was a strategic thing. Sure. Of one, I knew Westbrook would be the highest, the high punt. Right. Yeah. Wide receiver. I like, I knew like to me, so you would have to tell me that Samuel is so much better. Obviously we don't know his role, what coming back from, from an injury. Uh, Samuel is a better football player. So like, like from, from an actual, like if you told me Samuel was going to play the snaps that he played, I would have played Samuel right over He would have projected better even. Uh, but since I knew West Westbrook in my, in the two fifty double up was 45% owned. So if I see barely a difference between the two, play the higher on. I'm not going to get Westbrook Akine goes for 19 points and I lose in cash because I played Curtis Samuel and put up six. I don't want my whole week to be decided on that. When I, when I'm a half an hour before lock going, I don't know what the difference is. So like, no, just play the higher own guy. And then the Engram versus Disley was more of a late swap thing of Engram's in an early game and Disley isn't. If I play Engram here, that means my only spot left late is Adams, which means I obviously could go down to like uh, Cooper cup. I could go down. I can, I can play some of these uh, Debo Samuel and leave money on the table. DK Metcalf. But if I have Disley also, I can I can play a Kittle lineup. I can yeah, play can a Bant lineup. I can play a Higby lineup. I could I could if I'm behind, I, I have a lot more options there. Because I know Disley is going to be chalky and I know Adams is going to be chalky. And what am I giving up if I don't play the chalk cheap tight end? And I end up with Max Williams there. Like the, what am I giving up? And Adams is going to be chalky. So I'm going to have to play, I have to get off of him for like Metcalf or some someone. So I'm like, just give myself as much optionality. If the difference between Disley and Engram in my projections were like 0.4 points. Okay, give me those 0.4 points and now I'm able to swap. And I left, uh, Prescott projected slightly better in the blitz than in the aggregate. And it left me 200 in salary and there was a swap that I was looking at. Uh, I believe the swap, actually I screwed up. The swap that I was looking at uh, had the Jets at defense and left 400 on the table. And it allowed me to get, it allowed me to get to something like, like I think Higby Samuel, if I did that. I ended up with the Lions defense and by accident, right? I wanted to be able to make that. I wanted to be able to make Higby Samuel swap. And I forgot that it was, because I was switching stuff around so much that I forgot that that was with the Jets defense, but that's the main reason. Other than that, I could have played Hertz up top and ended up, for, for cash games, ended up pretty – I mean, I swept in double-ups. I won 92% of my head-to-head. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'm not I'm not really that concerned about that. But that's and the reason. Really... That's, that's the re- – I mean, I just wanted to explain the reasoning behind it. But it's not like, oh, I like Dak better than Jalen Hurts. Or, I'd like, no, I just go by the projections. And it's like, it's such – it's so marginal that it's like, unless there's a strategic reason to not play the higher – like. If there was no strategic reason, I would have had Hurts in that line. Well, and at QB, like not – QB playing Dak Prescott, who was projected for like – what was Dak Prescott projecting your aggregate? Say that again? What was Dak Prescott projecting in your aggregate versus Jalen Hurts? Uh, you're talking about points or ownership? Oh, uh, points, points. Points. Uh, in my aggregate, uh, Prescott was 22.97. Hurts was 23.65. 
Yeah, I had I had Prescott at twenty two point eight four and Hertz at twenty four point four six. Oh so yeah, it's you like, had him significant two points higher. Yeah, but I, but and, I mean, well, I mean even, if you had him two points higher, I probably would have I would I would have played Hertz with that. But my point my point is that like it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, it's very close. Right. Mine is much closer than yours. Sure. Yeah. But like at quarterback, especially with the way that I build out catch lineups, which is just by ownership, like I had them both projected for 8.3% for 8.3% owned. But like what what does it flip a coin? Just flip a coin. Right. right. Going through the YouTube chat. Michael Dumpy on the Gilcast, they said it was dumb to play Devontae Adams and GPPs. Isn't it lineups, not players? Yeah, no, that's correct. You can play anyone you want as long as you build the rest of your lineup around. Why would it be dumb to play Devontae Adams? I don't think Devontae, I'm the Gil, no, it was dumb to play uh, Westbrook Akine. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but I still played, I still had four, I think I had four lineups with him if he fit. Or Chester those are Rock. the types of guys like, like that I want to be under on, typically. Like the guys that almost have no ceiling, like a 3K or something. Yeah. We're, not we're dumb. You could build, you could still build a lineup. That's fine. Alex Santi, when you're playing so many running backs, do you get overexposed to wide receivers off the bat as the optimizer uses the running backs to get unique? Yeah, but what happens if I want to be? I'm stacking games. So when you stack games, you're my, most likely using your wide receiver slots. So basically, the only did if I'm if I'm building lineups that have three unique players between them. Like if I'm playing Josh Allen, let's say Josh Allen plus uh, Diggs plus Sanders plus Cooks, like I'm using all my wide receiver slots. So obviously I want to, that's the premier Josh Allen type of stack. I'm going to play a lot more of those types of lineups. Some lineups, instead of Sanders, I have Dawson Knox, which opens up a wide receiver slot. So the most likely differentiators in stacks are going to be the running back slots. Right. And especially if if I only played eight running backs, it would, I would end up with lineups that are very way similar to each other and not be able to get the, the ownership discount I want on them. So when I'm playing, the more running backs that I'm playing, the more likely I'm going to actually be condensed on the stacks that I play because I have the ability to just running back roulette the whole thing around, especially when they're all projected very well. I was just going to say, especially on a week like this, where you have like between 5K and 6,500, every running back projects for anywhere between 15 and 19 fantasy points. Right. Like, just take all of them. Use it's the opposite. Them. It's the opposite on weeks where like we get like the clear, like this guy is like 2,000 underpriced type of yeah. plays, especially at running back. That's more likely where I'm playing more stacks and less and less running back. Like, like, it really depends can, on the type of week. We had a week where, like, like you said, all the running there. I had 21 running backs in my pool. I mean, like they in that range, that five to six K range. Like, I think every I think almost every running back is viable. I mean, like they were all projected within like two or three points of each other. And, and like, some were some were six percent owned, some were 14 percent owned. Nothing, no, no running back in that range was like even David Montgomery was only 22 percent owned. And that's not ridiculous. And this thought extends over to MLB as well with pitchers and stacks, by the way. Like when you have dedicated pitchers that like you should probably be focusing on because like they priced Robbie Ray at like 6,900 or something, then uh, you're going to round Robin stacks around him a lot of the time. Whereas if you have pitchers that all suck, that's like the back end starters. It's the day where all the fifth end starters are are there. Right. Now, like, now you play pitching roulette. 
Yeah, now you play pitcher roulette and you just have a million Yankee stacks. And then and there you go. Okay, let's see. Yeah, people in the chat aren't aren't liking your 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 projection on OBJ. I don't care. He doesn't care, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, sneaky is one thing. Projecting of number two in a row point seems wild. Sure. Well, I, yeah. I, I react that way. I mean, that's pretty much what I told you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I hear that. Like I said, I build out my models in a in a different way. And I'm fine with that. Uh, let's see. Steve Jones is in. No, the, tonight's game, uh, the, the showdown slate, it, we have a show coming up. 7.30. I'll be on it. Going over the showdown slate. This is, this is a strategy and review show. So that's why we, we, do, we, we talk review and strategy. Normally we'd have results DB up. I don't, it's been down for a while. Yeah. Nope. We still, no, they're, they're, they're working on it or something. But I mean, my select in the slant uh, yesterday, like here, I had a hundred lineups in the slant. That's 900 bucks. I got back 732. So like, like just, it's, it's just another day. Right. The grind, man. Right. I mean, I came in, I think, 11th or 12th in one of the spies. Yeah. For a grand or something like that. Pretty exciting. Exciting. I mean, I had no shot at first. I hate, I hate, you know, I hate the weeks. It's weird to say, but you'll understand it. I hate the weeks where there's a must-have player. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't mind. See, what I mean by this is, like, last week you needed, like, Derrick Henry. Right. If you didn't have him, like you're dead. Like I'm talking about an own guy. Like if it, the guy's 0.1% owned and puts up 50 points for out of the blue, I didn't, I didn't have to worry about Khalif Raymond, for instance. Yeah. Like he's going to be so not owned that like, and I'm not playing the Millie. Uh, when Tyreek Hill has 50, 50 points at, uh, at like 8% ownership, it's like the likelihood of appear, him and being in the winning lineup is like absurdly high. It doesn't have to be. But it's almost like if you don't have Tyreek Hill in the lineup, just don't even bother looking at it. Right. But I like the weeks where, like, I, you take a look at my exposures. Like, I had so much of Moore, McLaurin, and Samuel. 30, 33, 34, 38 points. I had running backs that got 25-plus. I got quarterback stack. I mean, like. I mean, you did really well. You right. Really That's well. what I'm saying. I look at my lineup. It's like if it wasn't uh, other than the fact, like, if you take a look at this. I put up two, 207.12 with this lineup in the slant. Here's another one. De- Deontay Johnson, 4% owned, had 24 points. I mean, Rieger was the one that disappointed my Chiefs stuff. Uh, I looked through some of these lineups and go, on any other week, like these lineups are competing for first place. And then I take a look at uh, show all. Go up to the for, do, 242. Right? How do I beat this lineup? Right, right. Pat Cordell Patterson, five five percent down. Cordell Patterson at thirty four points. Tyreek Hill at ten percent. Right. DJ Moore. Like, I can't. I, like, I can't no. win. Like I'd be mean, like, like I'd if Tyreek Hill had thirty three points instead of fifty, I'd you be like, okay. Win. I got yeah. bunny, and I have Tyreek Hill also. So it's not like it's, I had eight percent Tyreek Hill. So it's not like I was like fading him or anything. Yeah, Cordell Patterson. I had two percent of right. Maybe him. If Cordell Patterson ended up with 22 points and Hill with 33 points, you have so many more pieces to make winning lineups now. Yeah. When one guy goes off for a million points, it's like, like, dude, I guess those are the only eight lineups that are. And I look at my Tyreek Hill lineup and I look at it and I like, 
It's it's like Adam Thielen and OBJ secondary correlation and like Miles Gaskin in that lineup. It's like what a waste of Tyreek in this yeah. this this lineup. This is worthless. It's the worst. It's the worst when something happens. I mean, after the second Cordero Patterson touchdown, I was already like tilted to the moon. Right. I was the already third one, just, the third one. You almost have to laugh at it. That point. I did. I did. So, somebody was like, Oh, well, I guess we should probably be targeting uh, running backs against water. Like somebody said that in my discord. I'm like, bro, I'm not, I'm not taking anything and, and applying it to the future of a Cordero Patterson three touchdown game with all of them coming from out. No, with two of them coming from outside the red zone. I'm just, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not applying that to anything. Three touchdowns. Uh, Matt Ryan throws four touchdowns. Calvin Ridley finishes with 11 fantasy points. Like, well, I mean the, the game, the game had 64 total points and what six touchdowns were scored by running backs tilted to the moon, dude. It was one <laughs> of my favorite sacks of the entire week. Just and like two, two of those running backs were the backup running backs. Uh, Patterson so with painful. three McKissick with one Davis with one and Gibson with one. Right. That just sucks. And it's one of those things, like after that second Cordell Patterson touchdown and the second Tyreek Hill touchdown, I was just like, all right, well, I, I don't even have to look at my lineups anymore. I know that I can't possibly win first. I have neither one of them. I have pieces around them that are good. I have Terry McLaurin. I have like, I have David Montgomery. I have pieces that are good. I have some upside for the late games. Like maybe Arizona ends up crushing, but like, I don't have that 80 fantasy points from those two players. So I'm dead. I'm, I'm dead in the water. I just hoping to cash at that point. Now you're just sweating a min cash at that point. Operation min cash, baby operation min cash. Let's, let's make something back so we can play some showdown tomorrow. Uh, okay. Well, we got, we got showdown tonight and uh, that about seven 30 Eastern on YouTube, on this channel, it's free show. I'll be on it with, uh, with will, I believe, I believe with will. Uh, so click on that notification bell to know when we go live. And James, people could find you at paydirt underscore DFS and paydirtdfs.com, right? Yep, paydirtdfs.com. If you want more projections like OBJ, uh, you can go find me. Yeah, it's not a, not a good selling point when the <laughs> chat is like, I don't know about your projections now. I don't know. Fine. Um, yeah, you can find everything that I put together over at paydirtdfs.com. You can find me on Twitter at paydirt underscore DFS. Um, and yeah, I do a Saturday stream every single week at uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern going over the MLB or the NFL main slate. So if you want to come hang out, then go do that over at the Twitch channel. Okay, give me some thummy thumbs as we get out of here, get out the door. Uh, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll go over the, the showdown stuff. I'll be on tonight. I'm on all the time because I'm here answering your DFS strategy questions as always at 11 o'clock in the morning on weekdays on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.